0: you know, God's wonderful protection and, and what he's been speaking to us about. I want to talk to you primarily today, it was on my heart, to talk about hearing hope and faith because it's by hearing the word of God and having hope in that what you've heard, that faith will be working in your life. And, and we need to be that hub of faith for others. And, and that means we've got to operate in it. So we're going to have to hear yeah. and allow hope to be built right. and faith to be activated in our life. And it won't matter where you're at in the scale. And many people measure themselves and they say, well, you know, I've only got this little bit of faith, but apparently that little bit can even move a mountain. So let's get that together. Amen. So be prepared to hear. And a great way that you can hear is reading the Bible out loud to yourself. Lots of the apps, you know, you can hit the thing and have it play to you. That's good, too, but I think it's wonderful to read the Bible out loud to yourself. I did have one more prayer request, which I will get to. Uh, don't, just don't let me forget. Wave at me, Sarla, and I will pray at the end. All right. And, and it's good because by then we'll have more faith rise. Amen? Because when we hear the word, that's when faith comes. That's right. Faith won't be activated in your life without the word. Now, you've heard a lot of words, so it's easy to activate on a Sunday morning. We've sung the word. We've sung about Jesus, and we've sung his word. But it's when we hear the word that faith rises. So you have to make a decision every time the word is spoken what kind of soul you're going to be that day. That's right. That's right. I used to think, you know, growing up, I, I, I thought, well, I am good soil. I got born again. I heard the word of God. I received Jesus. I'm good soil. But then I realized that there was other times that seeds that could grow in my life had an opportunity that I did not get them because pride said my soil was good and I had received salvation and therefore it's all good. I've since learned that that's not very accurate. (laughs) And I need faith for more than salvation. And and I mean, I understand salvation is the whole package deal, but I was only taking the one part that got me through the door. But there was so much more to resurrection life. I had to have faith for that. And let me tell you, in the devils at work, you know, you start to believe him more than God because we only spend, you know, two hours in church, some of us less. Some of us, a lot more, more. (laughs) and that gives opportunity for the world's voice to be a dominant voice. And so we don't wanna do that. We wanna hear and allow hope to come again and not the Bible wishing kind. I've had that and that's how come I know about it. I've had wishful thinking. I called it hope, it wasn't, it wasn't Bible based. Like I sure hope this happens, but it wasn't hope based on the word of God. It was hope based on what the world does, so you know that that did not work well. So that faith can activate and operate and be a part of my everyday life. Every time you sit in a chair, you had faith that it would hold you. So it's there. It's not necessarily always recognized, but everybody stood up and sat down today at some point. And no one believed the chair wouldn't hold them. Now, there's times I've seen some chairs that I've had questions about. (laughs) Most of you don't know except the older generation will remember the the kind of folding chairs that we had for beaches that were made out of aluminum. And they folded up and they had this kind of weave in them. Those ones you had to have a lot of faith for. Because they did not hold well and there was a certain time. Uh That's right. And I had seen my father lose himself in a few of those chairs over the years. And we're very grateful for today's chairs. Amen. Aren't you blessed for the chairs that God blesses us with in this building? For a long time, we had chairs that if you sat on for five minutes, you knew it. And so you had to have a different kind of faith to sit in that chair. But you weren't thinking necessarily about it. It was a, an automatic response. And faith that we live by has got to be that automatic. Yes, of course, that's how it is. Yes, of course, he heals. Yes, of course, he delivers. Yes, of course, he is master. Yes, of course, his hand is on me. Yes, of course, it is. And that's what happens when we have heard the word. But we have to hear the word for faith to come because faith comes by. So it's important what we hear, how we hear, when we hear, and that we continue to hear. I have continually have to watch my soil. Any person who's gardened here, and we have done some, my husband's much better at it than I, but I can tell you if you plant the same thing every year in the same soil, you're going to have a problem eventually. Some plants sooner than others, depending on what they pull out of the soil, the nutrients. And so that's why we have to add nutrients to it. In our particular yard, the dirt was very unfriendly, and we've had to add a lot of things just to get something to grow. And, and so we understand that what you put into your soil is highly important. What you hear is highly important. And I often think you know, when, when trouble comes along, and we faced a few, that if it's just about me and some, like if it was a bear coming at me, I might run or try to hide. It's a truth. You know, if an <laughs> ugly animal comes at me, I might try to do that. I might try to, if it was just me and the bear. I might run for cover. There was a time when uh, we were expecting our second child, the one that plays, and uh, and it was, we had the little one, and I was walking with a friend who was also expecting her second child, and we each had children about three months apart, the older side, and they were two-ish. And so we were walking along, and we were going out walking every day because it's a good thing to do when you're expecting. And so we were out walking, and, and I mean, we, we were both due at the end of June, so. Hers a couple weeks before me, and this was like the beginning of June, so we were fair shape. <laughs> and a dog came out of the neighborhood, a, a, um, one of those nasty dogs with the pointy ears and they're black, and you know, one of those Doberman pincers. And he was trained to be a guard dog. And he came at us and got down on his feet, you know, on the back feet, and began to stand up on them. And his teeth were out and he was growling. He was looking to have lunch. And, of course, the children were there. Now her son, this gal's son, he was one of those kids that was small but like a tank. (laughs) I don't know how that happens to some people. But our our oldest was always light and, I don't know, maybe she thin-boned or something, but praise the Lord. I picked her up and gave her to my friend, but she couldn't hold on longer. She was a little bit more due than I was. So I had one baby, one two-year-old on one side, one two-year-old on the other, baby in the middle. I mean, this boy was, I mean, he, he must have weighed 60 pounds. He felt that way anyway. I was like, on the, you know, and I've got the other one on this hip. And I'm like, and the dog's growling. He's looking to bite us. And, and I said, stand still to my friend. And I looked at the dog and I said, no, in Jesus name, go home!" And it went Wheep. I said, "All the way home." And it went, whey, 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 and it went home. <laughs> I took a stance because I loved my children. Had it been just me, I might have backed off. And God loves us so much more. Why do we think? He wouldn't get in between us and the dogs that come after us. Only because we stand in the way and go, I can handle this. It's time we got out of the way and let God stand between us and the devil. He's made a table for us in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies, there is a table. And we get to sit and dine. He does the work. He does the work. Oh, hallelujah, (laughs) a table in the presence of my enemies. You know what that's talking about? That's referring back, that's Psalm 23, and that's referring back to when David slew Goliath. He didn't just slew him, you know. He didn't just throw a rock at him. Yeah, absolutely. He threw a covenant rock at him. (laughs) (laughs) Pam! How dare you defy the armors of the living God? He knew his God and threw a covenant rock Pam, right in the, where it counts in the head. And then he takes his sword. David's a little guy. Cuts off his head and brings it back. He brought the head back. Now, if you ever look it up, David's, a, a Goliath is a big guy. That head probably the, I mean, it'd been heavy. And I have to what was he, slinging it with the hair? I don't know, but I have, you know, pictures that come in my head of him slinging it back. And, and the, the habit was in those days when, when you have done something like this, you'd have a great feast after to celebrate a victory. You would take a sword, stick it in the ground, and you'd put a head on a pole. And you'd sit down and eat with that thing sitting there. Everybody thought it was a good idea. I'm not so sure today I'd want to have lunch with somebody's head stuck in a pole. Just saying. <laughs> it might put me off my food. Because I have a very sensitive nose and it would smell, I'm sure. I'm absolutely certain the thing would stink. (laughs) (laughs) He makes a table for us in the presence of our enemy. He puts the head on the pole. But we don't let him. We get in the way. But we're not going to do that anymore. (laughs) Did you find Titus? That's where we're going (laughs) while we're trying. Amen. Amen. Titus chapter one. There's only three. It shouldn't be hard to find. Amen? Titus chapter 1, verse 5. For this cause, we'll go back to 1, verse 4. Chapter 1, verse 4. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith. See, faith was common, almost like common sense today. (laughs) It it was vacated, so we had to come back to it. (laughs) He says, after the common faith, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. For this cause, there is a cause. And Paul comes. Something's up. Now, it wasn't a bad something up, actually. The case here. Is there stuff going on and he knows that they need continual feeding. They need a continual word to come. They need to be encouraged again in the word. Not because they were doing awful. But because we all need to grow. Learning about faith doesn't mean or equal or learning about healing doesn't mean or equal that you're sick. It doesn't mean that you lack something. It doesn't mean you're in a bad spot. We learn about faith because we want to grow always. Because I don't know about you, but I haven't got faith for everything yet. (laughs) But I want to. And so I'm going to have to be open, make sure that my soil is great and ready. Amen. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are wanting. There's some things that need to happen here. We need to have some explanation. We need to set things in order. He was starting uh, churches all over the place. Ordain elders in every city, as I appointed thee. And we know that when there's structure come, that it needs help. And we're not a fan of structure today. And sometimes in, in charismatic churches, we don't like too much structure. So this morning wasn't too much structure. But there was structure going on, if you could see it. The structure we operate by is the Holy Spirit wants to take over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and do things his way. He's got something on his mind. He wants to make sure you're all well. Because he loves you so very much. So he wants to make sure. And sometimes when worship is moving and, and we begin to worship him, our hearts are more open to receive from him. And he's okay with that. Yeah. But there's still his order, you see. He knows you were drawing closer. And now that you're close, you can hear. And you can receive. Because I think we're not good at receiving. We're, we're, we're good at sitting there looking like we're listening. But you see, <laughs> <laughs> you <have to> <laughs> we've got good practice. Anybody been to college and you're not? And, and you go home, I don't I, it's a good thing I taped the lecture because I don't remember what they said. We had a great opportunity to be with Dr. Doug Klan from Faith Nation, and he was in some of the services, and, and he said I had to stop myself from asking funny questions at the door after church. You know, they say it was a great message, and I stopped myself from asking what, the, what point really uh, uh, spoke to them that day. <laughs> Well, it was just really good. How good was it? <laughs> you know, what was the point you really enjoyed? <laughs> and people freeze. Today you will hear and you will hope and you will have faith rise. <laughs> Amen. We're gonna work at that. Amen. So for this cause, there's some things to set in order. Lots of things in our life have been out of order for the last five years, and now that they're out of order, we don't know how to come back into order. And and there are things we got sloppy. We don't like to come to church on time. I, I almost didn't make it last night. <laughs> but it was traffic Really. But there's a place where we need to have divine order in our life. And when we have the order of Holy Spirit, when he's first. See, that's order. When he's first, do our stuff next. It's not that we don't get to do our stuff. He lets you. He said he'll grant you the desires of your heart. As long as it's not like going and getting drunk and sleeping with everybody in town, you know, we're, we're good, you know. Let's do things right and have good character, amen. <laughs> look, I got you listening today, and that's a good thing, because now we're going to hear something else that's really good. If any be blameless, <laughs> look, look, we made it to verse 6 already, praise the Lord. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of riot or unruly, which today we need faith for this the world is pressuring our children we need to pray for them all the time they're hearing voices and we they need to hear our voice and know that's a good voice and a trustworthy voice tell your children they're beautiful tell their children they're lovely tell them that they're doing a good job let them know you love them and you know your children that's a family look at you know bless all the children in here when you see them speak well over them they have it rough different it was not like we uh, we were just talking about it last week my husband and I we were saying you know the the generation that you could just let go out in the park and and play by themselves without adult you know watching is is not today we don't let the children play outside by themselves unless they're in the backyard we watch them there's always somebody an adult near that never was the way before You know, I went to the store at seven years old for my grandma when she needed something and made change, took money, bought whatever she needed, came home and it was six blocks away. Crossed main streets. There's no way I would have any of our grandchildren that are one of them that's seven and and I'm sure she could manage the money. I would not send her six blocks to the store. Mm -mm. So there's some things that we need to be praying about and, and sometimes people get locked in this, well, you know, my children aren't doing well, therefore I'm not doing well, and I'm now disqualified. That's not the measure. No. No, no, Amen. Know. So what we do is we, we sow the seed. We get the seed in the ground well and strong and believe it, and then we're going to have hope and faith that what we've done will work. Amen. Yes. Because we're hearing. We're hearing. Uh, And and how do we get blameless? Through the blood. Amen. So verse 7, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God. I love that phrase in the King James Version. The steward of God. I think that's powerful. Now, what's a steward? He takes care of stuff. A steward of God's stuff. I mean, oh my! Like, and and this is why we all disqualify. I don't. I can't take care of God's stuff. It's holy. If I touch it, I'll die. Well, get to the place where you allow His holiness to purify you, so that you know when you touch it, you ain't gonna die. This is not the Old Testament. He's not looking for a reason to kill you. (laughs) I don't like your sacrifice. It didn't work well. That's it. You know, you're out of here. That's not. And a lot of people still have that attitude. I'm not I'm afraid to come to church. I don't have the right clothes. I'm not qualified. I'm dirty. I'm filthy and, you know, last night I was at the bar. And so and nobody's going to know it. I'll try to come in and not smell like it. Mhm. <laughs> Just come. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus will do the fixing, the cleaning and the casting out as need be. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> if God has given instruction to allow us and to open the door for us to be stewards of his stuff. Guess what? He's given us stuff and he will give us the ability to steward what he gave us. Exactly. Yeah. But we're gonna have to get our priorities straight. Yeah. You know, who's first? Mm-hmm. Right? Back to that. And go, he's put me in charge of stuff, he's put us in charge of his word. When we steward his word to people. Now, sometimes when we're ministering his word, stewarding it, looking after it, he's given, sometimes he gives us stuff. We open the Bible and we go, Ooh, that's so good. You just got given something. Yeah. You just received something from God. What are you going to do with it? God, how about you help me and show me what to do? How do I steward what you put in my hand? Isn't that a very good question? I hope I'm stirring something up in your pots of, you know, so that you go home and think, my goodness, what have I got? In my in That's the question. What have I got in my hand? What's God put in your hand to steward, to look after? If he gave it to you, first of all, he knows who he's given it to. He knows. He knows your name. He knows the hairs on your head. Chances are he knows who he is when he's given this stuff. And not only does he know who he's giving it to, he knows what stuff he's given you. And if he knows who he's giving it to you, what stuff he's given to you, he knows how to help you give it out. <laughs> Amen. Amen? Amen. So don't disqualify yourself after today because you're hearing the word of God that he knows who he's given stuff to. And you're having hope. God, I hope this will work but not that kind of hope like this is your word I hope you're not he's not a liar he doesn't do things just to prod you and hope you fail come on you just have to start believing it it's what the Word of God says he's putting it in your hand today be a lover of hospitality I mean verse 8 wonderful wonderful be a lover of blessing other people amen be a lover of hospitality. bless others. find a way to help them. find a way to reach out to them. Find a way you know it, it's funny. it's just something that was taught in our family but also easily come by when when we were growing up I just my grandmother lived with us in our house till she was she passed away when I was around thirteen on a mother's day. that was inconvenient and uh, death is never timely. it's always in God's hand's time and not our own. And so I became the next cook of the house. And I would get this phone call about, I don't know, as soon as I got home from school, 20 after three or something like that, my dad would call. I picked up these people, we're going to have eight or nine extra at dinner. I'm like, oh. And uh, he, he collected people. Um, just give him some clothes and a shower. We got it all arranged. Don't worry about it. Some guy lived in our backyard in a trailer for like three months while he got his life straight. That was my dad, and we just learned to make more food or pray over it that it would stretch as far as it needed to, and that that was our life. And and I and that so I don't know if I can't tell you when I thought it was a good idea. What I just loved it. I love to bake. I still love to give and cook and. And, wonder, and and I know that Michael has enjoyed some of my baking, and I'm grateful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anybody who receives my baking, it helps me stay thinner. <laughs> I bake because I like it. I like to bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. And I won't be taking orders after church. <laughs> love hospitality love to bless others have that attitude i mean what's god put in your hand that you could steward maybe you're not a cook and then don't bless people amen (laughs) (laughs) but maybe you're really good with a hammer and nail i'm not so good i tried a lot i you know my my father also had a renovation business i was good at cleaning up after (laughs) not so good with nails and hammers. I had a lot of bruises, so we stopped that. (laughs) I cleaned up. (laughs) Amen. I was good with numbers. So when I had an opportunity, uh, my mother said, I think you'd be better here. And I got a job part-time working in the bank. And so that was much more down my alleyway. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I didn't have to clean up and try and, you know, bang things together and hold this piece of chip rock. Thank you. And... (laughs) And I was so grateful. God helps us. What have you got in your hand? What has He given you to steward? Do you know what He's put there? Do you know what He's put there? It's a wonderful thing, and you discover God's given us these things. And so, your hospitality may not be in the kitchen, but others have different kinds of hospitality. I, I met someone. I mean, my goodness, I love it. Uh, there's a person, and she slides notes every now and then, and, and I have some stuck in my Bible. They're just really cool. So you know, she sends me notes. Every now and then, I, I put my hand in my pocket, and there was a little note, thank you, Pastor Gwen, blah, 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 blah. you blessed me this way. I thought, you see, that's another type of hospitality. Shalane has a uh, gift of hospitality and exhortation. It's not necessarily written, but sometimes, and usually in your face, but I receive it. Because there's days when it's been, on oh no, those days. Right by faith. And she'll come in, hi, pastor, want a coffee? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what is your gift? What does God put in your hand? Don't overcomplicate it. We, we overcomplicate gifts that God's given us so much that we lose the very heart of simplicity and love that comes with recognizing what he's given and loving it, loving it, love what he's given you to do, right. love it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Isn't it fun when somebody, and yet you figure something out that someone so really likes something and you find it? Um, you know, one day, uh, Pastor Ed, she gave me this gold scarf I love to wear. it; It's just beautiful. And I don't know why she thought about it, but, she, you know, it was something I like. And it's not, I'm not asking for presents. No more eagles. You know, I'm not, you know. (laughs) 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 Ah, An eagle. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Um, That's not what this is about. It's about understanding hospitality, giving you ideas that what have you found, what's in your hand, be generous with what God's given you. And it has to be more than just to the pastor. And these are things that, I mean, I've known pastor in a long time. But there's things in our midst Who's beside you that you've got to give? And now Sister Nora back there, she has a hand. Oh man, the cookies! And uh, yeah, blessings. And so we all have different giftings, and they're wonderful. The gift of hospitality should never be overlooked. It's what God put in your hand. Steward it well, be blessing to others. I am blessed by those, imagine now if we were back to the bear scenario and and I had to, you know, I've fired some guns in my life because my father also did hunting and and, uh, fishing and things like that. So I had an opportunity to fire weapons. I'm not real good at it. And so I'm glad and blessed that if I were in a situation with a bear, there's people in our congregation who are much more talented at hitting a target. And so I would want that gift in my life <laughs> and be able to receive that. What are, and so it's not just about the gift of hospitality that you're issuing out. It's about receiving what comes your way with grace and mercy. Amen? You having fun this morning? So the lover, a, a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men. Don't hang out with weirdos. You know, these are just good help for all of us. And we look at this sometime and think, well, that's only a list for pastors. Really? Because pastors are the only person we ever expect inside a church to have character. Good morning. I love you. (laughs) And so we think about it. I mean, look at this. It's wonderful. Lover of good men. And, And not everyone is good. Get away from them. I I like what Jesus did. He didn't spend all of his time. He was not afraid of people in the bar, but they weren't his closest friends. Know who to minister to, who you're called to, who you're called to share the gospel with, but be a lover of good people. I learned a, a very difficult lesson when I realized that you know, some people, they say, well, you know, who, who this is their best friend. And their best friend was an atheist. They're a believer. I'm like, what's up with that? How can your best friend be an atheist? Be a lover of good men. And I began to realize that if that is their best friend, there's something in that relationship they love that they shouldn't. What do you think happened to that person who had come into the church, got saved, was doing okay. He left the church, walked away from God. Not because that person was a bad influence, because already there was something he loved in someone who didn't love Jesus. There was an activity, a way, a method, an ideal that that person agreed with. One of the things that is sometimes difficult for new believers, sometimes difficult for us who've been hiding in church. We have these little secret friends that we can kind of do something naughty with because it's sort of curious or things like that. And we get, we take the bait. Love good men, good people of good character who love God with all their heart and get away from the weirdos. They're not your friends. And if they are, come for prayer. (laughs) Because there's something in there that needs to come out. There's something in you you haven't let God change, and you need to know why. Why are you still attracted to that thing? What is it that you have not surrendered? Where is the part that is not yielded yet to God? What is it you like to hang around people tur- telling dirty jokes? What is it about that, you know, kind of just having a beer now and then when no one looking? Everybody, God is looking all the time and he sees it all. Amen. Don't ever think he didn't see. <laughs> and let me tell you, there are a lot of prophetic people in here. Don't you think just because we ain't talking about it doesn't mean we haven't seen it? Do I have a special glass? No. Is God telling on you? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Be grateful. Just like a parent in your life doesn't want you see, uh, to see you fall into harm's way, God is trying to work in your life to keep you from falling. Hear his voice. Love good men. Love good People, love people of high quality character and get comfortable around them. Get comfortable around people who walk pure. Get comfortable around those who are pursuing holiness. They should be comfortable for you. And if they're not, get with them until you are. Amen. Let that wear off on you. Start liking what they like. And if you don't know, find out. Ask them questions why do you love God the way you do? Good question. Is it just because of what he did? Because the friend that you have, a friend that will walk through you when you're in adversity that will never, ever turn his back on you. Never. And if you do screw up, pardon me, if you do royally mess your life, he still He's still your friend. He still walks beside you. I tell you what, you want to know my friend better. <laughs> Not because I messed up so bad. Not because of that. Not because of all the negative stuff. Yeah, he takes care of it. But because of when he shares his heart with me. it says, you got this, Gwen. Be a lover, a good man. Sober. This is not just talking about not drinking. Okay. There's times when I need to be sober. There's things I'm very sober about. I'm very sore, sober where it comes to people going to hell. I don't like it. It brings me to a place in, on my knees before God where I pray for the souls of people to be changed. There's things that we need to be sober about and things we need to be joyful over. Be sober. Don't be caught off guard. Don't don't be living in lulla land. Don't be, you know, some people don't drink, but they're they're so disconnected from life. They don't need to have some sort of weird addiction. They got their phones, they got this, they got that, and they're disconnected. You know it when you look at them. They ain't here. Be sober. Be be awake be awake that is a sobering thing some of us don't want to wake up because we know if we open our eyes we can't shut them. and usually it's because not because of what the other guy's doing it's because we wake up to our own places that God's been wanting to deal with that we didn't like where we shut him out you know the Bible talks he's got this word we don't say it very much in church because people don't like the words like sin, so we say mistake. They don't like that word. They don't like submission. They don't like authority. It sounds like we're being bossy, and then as soon as you say submission or authority, they think you're controlling because that's their easy way out of rebellion. You know, not everybody who has authority is doing it to hurt you. That's right. You know, I'm, I'm glad for the rules my parents made. I didn't like them. But you know, it's so funny. Even when I was doing things I shouldn't, I never did them under their roof because I respected their authority. That was their house. It was their house. This our house. This is the rules in this house. When we were younger, we had, you know, and our children were younger. Uh, we had, this is our house. When you get your own, you can do your thing. It's your house. You set the rules. And we, we grew up that way because it was put in us. And there was a time when a, a young girl came over and they were having some sort of sleepover, you know, kids do that. And the girl that came into our house, we made them always aware. These are the rules. Our kids knew the rules. They recited the rules. I recited to strangers coming in our door, although she wasn't like strange in the sense of I didn't know her. She was just strange because she was strange. <laughs> and, and I'm open to helping people and loving on them, but she were strange. And she came in. I, I shared the rules, and I knew. I'm like, something's wrong. Pay attention when God says those things. So I'm like, something wrong, there's something wrong. I go in there and I see them watching stuff that wouldn't, and listening to music that's not allowed in our house. (laughs) I said, turn it off. Not while we're here. What you do in your own place, your own place. This house, we don't do that. We don't watch those movies, and we don't listen to that music. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, Mrs. Drager, I'll turn it off. And like half an hour later, I'm like, she's back on it. I phone her mom, come get her. It was two o'clock in the morning. Come get her not in our house. Them's the rules. And some of us could use a little, (laughs) I'm watching some people go, that pretty stiff, Pastor Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But it's our house. God has rules in his house. We don't like him. And we react the same way. I don't want to be planted where he planted me. I'll get my own idea. And then when things go wrong and you're not getting, you know, and your bills aren't getting paid and things aren't going well and freedom's not in your life, you know why? He's got rules. They're not strict. Love your neighbor. Well, that was really hard, Jesus. Yeah, sometimes it is. Love people that are good. I don't want to. I want to love the bad people. Mm, I see. And that's why it's working so well for you. I don't know how we got there, but we did. Amen. <laughs> I was going to verse nine. I think we're almost there. Praise God. Some of you are going, praise God, we got out of that mess. Oh, I know where I'm going. <laughs> Praise God. He said, well, let me forget. Are you ready? So we went through a few bad words. Sin. We went through submission. Cuss words of the church. Authority. Humility. Humility. There's another one. Are you ready for this one? Backsliding. Haven't heard that for a long time. I heard it a lot growing up because in the Salvation Army, every Sunday night, they had a service for those who were backslidden. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and uh and so it, you know you you you'd met God once but you'd walked away. And so uh Andrew Womack has a word for that. He called it his, you know, come and rededicate your life to the Lord. And some people had a little machine at the front of the church. It was like, and that, red, that rededicator was getting worn out because they'd spun it around so much. Now, what that included was because in the church in the earlier days that we live in, and, and some of you are going, Phew, I'm glad that's not today. There'd be some lady on some piano. And I tell you what, every church I ever went into didn't matter the denomination. They had the same song. And it usually be a Sunday night. Because they never, the reason why I was Sunday night is because Sunday morning was a holiness meeting, and people came who actually got out of bed, and were there on time. So Sunday morning was a meeting like that, Sunday night was for people who couldn't get out of bed, who'd been drinking the night before, got themselves in a mess, and needed to rededicate their life. And so they come forward, and they'd have an article, just as I am, without one plea. Yeah, because you ran out! <laughs> No plea for you. (laughs) 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 Up comes the rededicator, you know, and some of them had those old, you know, uh, those those, those organs. They were buried with the old organ. Hammond, and then they get this whirring sound in them, you know, the tent meetings. And then they get whirring. And, you know, sure enough, people be crying because they knew they were caught. (sighs) I don't want, and today, we recognize a lot of it was emotional, but it's still the truth. And it's not that Jesus is trying to catch you in your sin. is that, wake up! Get out of sin! Stop backsliding! If you're not moving forward, you're sliding backwards. That's just how it works. We can't hold middle ground long. I'll be okay. Really. How long's it been since you talked to God? How long has it been since, you know, is there dust on your Bible because you didn't open it? or you know the most of those bible programs they tell you how many days you missed oh we're back to one I Have a little thing up in the corner all those bible programs so even if it's on your phone if you didn't check in every day it'll let you know some people don't read their bible because they get stumped and they don't know where to read and they don't know how to read but every one of those programs contains a read the Bible in a year. Amazing. Almost every Bible that's produced today has a plan to read the Bible in the back, even paper ones. Paper ones in the back of my Bible, I got that and this is an old Bible. It's got read the Bible in a year plan in the back. Why don't we read the Bible? The Bible is Jesus. We get to know Jesus by reading the Bible. We'll hear instructions from here that will keep us sound much better than hearing somebody else tell you how to live your life. Amen. We're good soil. When we hear the word, we get hope. And hope can build if you can realize that God's putting good men in your life, good people, and learning to love them and hear their voice and know that those good people who get in your life, it might pinch a couple of times. Because sometimes they say, do you really want to say that? And they'll check you because they love you. Is that really going to benefit your life, you talking that way? Hmm. And sometimes it's just a look. Any child knows the look from their parent. You know, and they give you that look. My mom had a look. Oh, man, I'd die inside. I'm, you know, not literally, but you know what I mean. I just, like, I'd sink. I, I, I'm still a very wiggly type person. I don't tend to sit still. And in the Salvation Army, they had these seats. They were wood. They were like a theater seat, in the, the, so the, and, and they were all joined together with a metal thing, so they're wood. The pieces that hold it together are metal, and the theater part, the bottom came up and down. <laughs> just like a, you know, just like a theater. And sure enough, if you wiggle, oh, yeah, everyone knew. Everyone knew. I think really it was about altar calls. Because sure enough, when they were just as I am, there were a lot of wiggling going on. (laughs) And they they would send out the trainee people into the back. Oh, yeah. So if you were a corps cadet, which I was, you and you heard that just as, and that boo lady go to the piano. We had a lady, she needed a belt on that that uh, piano bench, tell you what, she would get going on there. I think that sometimes the keys probably thought it was an insult when she said there, ba-bam, ba-bam. You know, and I think that's probably where I got it from. <laughs> and uh, she was very exuberant at the piano. <laughs> <laughs> she was really a unique person. But uh, so once they start the, you yeah, just as I am on a Sunday night and the rededicator was out there, you'd hear the organ start up because they had a piano and an organ. And so everything would get going and then, and, and then you're like, oh. And, and the core cadets, the, the ones who were being trained in Bible study so you could go to Bible school, we get it, they, they'd look at you, you had to go to the back because you were watching. They called it fishing. <laughs> And uh, they would fish, and they'd watch for the wiggly seats. <laughs> oh, they're convicted, would you like to come to the front with me? And that's what you do. <laughs> Aren't you glad we don't fish like that today? <laughs> that altar call, wouldn't they, I mean, they'd be running down there. They didn't want you coming to them. No, it's okay, I've got this. <laughs> Sometimes we take too long, we delay at altar calls because of all kinds of reasons in our flesh. Don't be ashamed. God will fix you. Amen. Amen. Be a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy. You can be holy. You can be walking in holiness. If God said in his word, be holy as I'm unholy, then he can't condemn you for what he couldn't do in your life. Did you get that? He said, be holy as I am holy. So he's longing to work that, but you're going to have to yield to his authority, allow him to do the changing and fixing for you, but it's not in the impossible range. Amen? Be holy as he is holy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're hearing today, and because you're hearing, you're having hope for holiness. Hope that you can find some good men. Hope that you can have a life that's good, that has his mark of a hand on your life. Amen. Now, verse 9, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught. You've been taught this morning a few things about hearing God's word, about getting it in your life, about hanging out with the right people and getting away from the wrong ones. Finding the gift in your life and knowing that God wants to use this. It's so important. It's so important. When you begin to yield to these things, his hand will be manifest on you in such a way that you will be a living testimony of his word. People recognize when the hand of God is on you without you opening your mouth, although we're not saying don't ever speak about Jesus. (laughs) Some people say, well, just be a living book to the world. You're going to have to open his mouth. Jesus did. I'm good with that. Amen? Let's not, yeah, no. Yeah, shyness, go. Um, There's a place where... You see, God spoke and the world came into existence. We don't just get to like look pretty for others. Holiness looks pretty, looks good. It it shines. It echoes. People know when the hand of God's on your life. But they need to hear in order to for faith to come. So they're going to have to hear. And they don't hear by looking. Looking gets her attention. Open your mouth and speak. There are a couple of instances, and I bring them up. Shall I go there or not? Well, I'll just, we'll go to Genesis 39, and I'll just tell you about Nehemiah. Genesis 39, that's at the beginning of the book. I want you to see what it looks like when the hand of God's on your life and everything is going crazy because lots of you have had crazy stuff go down and you want to know chapter and verse what it looks like when his hand's on your life. In Nehemiah's story, let me just brief it this way Je- Genesis chapter 39. In Nehemiah, Nehemiah's moved because of the state of the city. I've been moved by the state of the city, I've been moved by the state of the, the, state of the nation. And in many ways, things are broken down. But he didn't continue to focus on what was broken. He focused on the plan of God. And when he knew that God's hand was on him, he went to the people, he said, the good hand of my God is on me, we will build. I kind of feel that. (laughs) Amen. The good hand of God is on me. It's on our church. It's on this place. And if you're in this church, it's on you. And the good hand of God will manifest and we will see this city turn around. Amen. It might start small, but our voice has gone large. Amen. Amen. I was shocked the other day when Abigail said, you see how many people like your Rev. Gwen page? We're almost 10,000 people. And, and so God, the word gets out. What's here is not necessarily the limit of your voice either. Not just seeing, you got to speak. Amen. So when Nehemiah comes to the people who are like, right, we're so broken, and you're saying the good hand of God's on you. Where? And they rebuilt the wall in 52 days. Time is in his hand. I just bring that back from Pastor Heather. What's it look like when the hand of God gets on your life, you recognize it, you begin to operate with it and go, Hey, that's me. <laughs> Joseph had his hand, had God's hand on his life. As a miracle he was born as his mother passed into heaven. A miracle. Joseph was brought down to Egypt, verse 1, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him by the hand of the Ishmaelites, but brought him down hither. And the Lord was with Joseph. It was crazy. There was famines and all kind of nutty business going down. Look what it says about Joseph. He was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, we're in verse 2 of chapter 39 of Genesis. And his master saw. Everybody say saw. When the good hand of God is on you, when you've begun to hang out with good men, when you've heard the word of God and you realize today I am good soil, the word is going in my heart. I have hope building for what God has promised me, what gift he wants me to operate in, how I can operate in the gift that he has placed in my hand. hmm And hope comes for that. God is doing it with me and through me. Hallelujah. And the Lord made all that was in to prosper. That was in his hand. I got excited. I just, you know, well, we'll read it quietly so you can all get it. Verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord had made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Did you get it that time? (laughs) He saw it. The hand of God is visible. It's visible, but not to the willingly blind. When the seed goes out, Mark chapter 4, you don't have to turn there. I'll just brief it for you. Mark chapter 4, when the seed is thrown out, I believe Pastor Jason brought it up a couple of Sundays ago, Bible study class. You have to go to discipleship class on Wednesday nights. You'll get more word in you than you can get just in an hour or 45 minutes on Sunday morning. You'll be blessed. In the book of Mark, it talks about how seed goes into the ground. It was the same seed. Everybody say same seed. Same. You're all hearing the same thing this morning. How it gets in your heart is dependent on how you receive it. The willingly blind will shut their eyes and go, that's not for me. I'm beyond that. Sometimes pride gets involved. I already heard that. <sighs> Okay. Okay. Absolutely. It happens. We're people. It happens. I've had that happen. I think, well, I've heard that sermon before. And I just shut the door to learning more. Mm-hmm. So where were we? Verse 3, and his master saw the hand of God visible to those who want to see the hand of the Lord. It was important. That guy's not a believer, by the way. In fact, he wasn't just not a believer, he wasn't a very good man, although he was in charge. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his sight. And Joseph found grace in the in the rude, crazy, nutty ruler's sight. Everybody say sight. Huh. His perspective, his overview, how he commanded things. He went, that guy, that guy. <laughs> That guy, amen. That guy, that guy, girl. (laughs) Good hand is visible. Your call is visible to others, even if you're trying to run from it. (laughs) That's just a little side note for those of you going home. Think about it, meditate on it. Does the pastor see, Uh uh-huh, God said, "It's okay. She's praying for you. Amen. You'll be all right. I love you. <laughs> I'm not looking. At it. <laughs> Are we having a good time? Amen. If you're hearing, hope is coming. That's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. Faith is rising. Oh, shalom hakele. Hallelujah. Now, Joseph gets into a bit of a ditch here. He says it comes to pass, verse 5, that he'd made him to be overseer, so he's really in the grace of God over all he had. This unsaved king has a stranger in the land, not the king's son, not the guy he knew forever, but because the hand of the Lord is on him, he put him in charge of stuff. You could be in charge of stuff. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. You've had that grace even where you work. You ended up in charge of stuff because of the hand of God on you. And people recognized it. Not always liking it, but that's okay. (laughs) Not always understanding it. But that's what the hand of God does. Amen? Over all the stuff, all the stuff, like all the stuff, he knew not. What he had save the bread which he did eat. What this means is... He didn't even like look into it. He was so comfortable. He so trusted Joseph. He didn't know, as long as I got food to eat, he's in charge of stuff. That can you understand that? That is a remarkable picture for us today. And when I told you, God said, "He, you are and I are stewards of God's stuff. Stewards of it. What's He put in your hand?" And God goes, "Go for it." He gave the earth to Adam. Hmm? What's he put in your hand? What's he put in your hand? Well, he gets into trouble, doesn't he? With Potiphar, the wife, and everything goes crazy. Gets thrown in jail. Short story. Go down to verse 22. We'll start at 21. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy huh wait a second he's in jail it could be bad but not always are you happy where God placed you might feel like jail but it'll be all right in the end the hand of God's on you you'll be all right no matter where you are even in 35 below gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to what? Oh my, no way, come on. Joseph had all the prisoners that were in prison. Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Oh my word, even in prison he was in charge. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was on Does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar to you? When the favor of God is on you, the hand of God is seen, and people begin to know it, and everything can come into your hand, and you get to be a steward of God stuff. Hmm? I don't know if I feel good enough. Well, stop hanging with the wrong fools. Love good men, and get the good hand of God on you, and start running straight. And don't be afraid of those who are in authority. He obviously wasn't. And they put him in charge of everything, in prison. And the prison guard who was over it goes, "Eh, He'll run it well. You can look to read it again in every version it comes out the same way. I looked in several different versions just to make sure it wasn't going down the wrong path. I don't want to give you bad food. Amen? Amen. Keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and did and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Everybody know Joseph didn't stay in prison. Okay. Back to Titus. We'll finish up there. Well, we try to. I'm going to give it a whirl anyway. You have faith that we will not hold you captive forever under the. But you were released so you can grow and go and put some other soil or things, nutrients to feed your soil. Amen? Today. I encourage you, as it says in verse 9, to hold fast the faithful word. That what God put in your hand, he's not a liar. He doesn't play games. What he puts in your hand will prosper. If you can hear this, you can have hope for those dreams. Some people were called as children. I was. Some people don't remember the call. Because of the conflicts of life. And the situations that have arisen here, there, and everywhere. And so they've forgotten what God said to them as children. Some of you may have met Jesus later in your life. But maybe you've been, like we mentioned before, beginning to slide away from what you knew was true. Perhaps because of the situation in life. And, and I'm telling you to hold fast today. Find again that good and faithful word that what God entrusted in you, he didn't take back. That you can be a steward of God's stuff, that his marvelous hand is being seen by others. Hang out with good people, learn to love them. Sometimes the reason we don't love good people is because we're afraid We won't be loved back. Hmm? Let that not be us. In Jeremiah 8, 4, you don't have to turn there. In the Amplified Version, it says, Moreover, you, Jeremiah, shall say to them, Thus saith the Lord, Shall men fall and rise not up again? Shall one turn away from God and not repent and return? So it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you went. There's always a road back. God wants to demonstrate himself to others through you and I. Where we believe him, trust that what he said was true. I know there are days when it seems a long time between promise and manifestation. But this is where we must stand together. Receive the gifts of hospitality that come in the form of exhortation and when someone comes with their gift and says, come on, hang in there. God's got this and we stand with you. Those are not fake words. The good hand of God is on me for this hour, for this city, for this nation and those who choose to stand will And we'll go through together because that's his plan. And he'll build us up as his family. And we'll be able to associate and know and grow with other families of like precious faith. And if we start to slide some days, there's always a baby back. In verse 5 of Jeremiah 8, it says, Why then is this people of Jerusalem turned away with a perpetual turning away from me? And here's the answer. And this is why, and I equip you with this today, because maybe this isn't your heart, but probably someone in your midst. And you can bring with them a word of healing. And when you understand why they began to slide back from the goodness and wonderful things of God, it says they hold fast to deceit, idolatry. They refuse to repent and return to God. Why do they hold fast? They believed a lie. They believed a lie. Perhaps it's because they believed they went too far for God to help them. Perhaps it's because they believe that God wouldn't forgive them. But you know better. Perhaps it's because they believe that their lie is actually the truth. No matter where they are, God is waiting for them. And He has open arms. And you might be the arms to come to them. Let's affiliate and love good people. Let's know what he's put in our precious hand. To bring to others. Let's see this world get up. Let's see our city change. And realize that faith is right at our feet. That we trust God. To do what he promised in all our lives and see not just people wake up because it's not enough to wake up. They have to turn. Let's turn back to our Jesus who loves us, cares for us because our life is in his hands. Hallelujah. Stand upon your feet. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Aren't you glad for Jesus? He's done so very much for us today. Oh, he's done so very much hallelujah he has done so very very much hallelujah father i thank you that you have called us to be stewards of your things stewards of your ways god i thank you this day that hope is is rising and rising and rising in your people that they are beginning to grasp who they really are in you that you are a good god that you love them so very much and that you've entrusted them with your will, your purpose, and your love, not just for themselves, but for others. Oh, just thank Him, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at